Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is Ed McGuire, a principal partner at Momenta Partners, venture capital firm. Ed, how are you doing? Great. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah, I yeah, appreciate it. So, you know, first question, because uh, the the guests themselves can always say it better than I can. Uh, tell me about Momenta. What do you guys do and how do you work? Well, Momenta is a, a, a firm that's focused on cultivating connected industry. Uh, we Really, our tagline is, is connected industry growth partners, but the, the firm is VC driven. So there are roughly about 15 current investments. The firm's made about uh, 30 investments in, t- in 25 companies with, with four exits to date. Uh, there is a strategic advisory component to the business and an executive search component as well. And all, all three parts of the business really, really work together where the company, look. we look for promising new companies. We will fund them, do seed to A round typically. Uh, we help them with their growth strategies and go to market. Uh, as they get bigger, our executive search component can help them place you know, key people into critical roles. And the strategic advisory works with larger companies to help them both uh, curate ideas and also map out strategies for connected industry. And, and when I refer to connected industry, you know, it, this is really the uh, industrial Internet of Things market. So it's a it's a firm that's based around practitioners really you know taking the lead and 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 being focused on the technology and solving the business problem really more than anything else. Okay. Yeah, you know, I, I want to get into some of the um, the companies that you funded and if you can say why those companies and why not other ones. You know, tell me about the ones that you thought were the most interesting, the most promising, and why. And you know, we'll contrast that later with some that just didn't make the mark, perhaps. Sure. Well, now I do have to, um, you know, I'd have to qualify this by saying that, um, we, you know, we've I've, I've been with the firm about four months, so I don't have a lot of uh, institutional knowledge. But we have, uh, uh, we could talk about a couple of our, our really our our current investments. Uh, one is uh, Rev Two, which is a uh, startup founded by um, uh, Dale Calder and the, and the team from Axida. It's really an approach to 
service that that take a, a really revolutionary approach to using AI-based bots and knowledge bases to essentially automate tier one and tier two support. And the the basis for the company really is the ability to get to the the, the core operational data of you know, industrial machines. I mean, this is really their DNA. Exeda uh, was a company that essentially pioneered the industrial Internet of Things platform market and was acquired by PTC in 2014 for $170 million. And what Dale and the team had developed really were uh, a set of technologies that uh, provided hooks and visibility into very complex machines in, in manufacturing and uh, in, in medicine, in heavy industries. So, you know, that ability to have visibility into what is going on within a machine uh, you know, really led him to a uh, realization that there were problems that you know, needed to be solved on the service side, you know, that hadn't been addressed. Where essentially, we've been handling customer service for 25 years in the same way. And there are all these new technologies that are evolving around connected products uh, that, that really don't take advantage of, of the connectivity. And, and the and really, in the premise behind that was to uh, behind Rev Two is is to provide a uh, really a platform for enabling uh, AI enhanced service to enable both uh, providers of consumer prod- products, uh, software, microservices, and industrial products to be able to offer next generation service. So we were really impressed with the quality of the team and their DNA. So. Uh, that's that's a that's a recent investment. Uh, another I- investment recently was uh, Sufa, which makes uh, park or they they make benches p- that are uh, enable people to charge their phones and uh, it, it really create um, uh, create a uh, interactive living space in the uh, in in urban areas. It's founded by three. Uh, Professors at MIT. Um, they all they uh, coincidentally happened to be uh, female professors, but they had they had taken an approach of, of really thinking about the, the city as an interface, or thinking about the interface of the city in terms of how people interact. And their their park benches and kiosks are designed to really to to enable people to have a have a place to come together and and charge their phones and then be able to collect data for cities uh, to understand some of the behavior, the, the traffic, and, and, and other information that, that city governments would, would uh, want to use. So that's, that's a... What, that was, oh, sorry. Good question. What kind of data would they want to collect from people? Are they expecting that people will hang out at the kiosks, or what, what kind of data would they collect? Well, it, it, yeah, it's not intrusive, but what they'll... Uh, things, for instance, you might want to collect uh, foot traffic in a park. If you put these in a park, you might want to understand where and, and what times of day, for instance, that, that foot traffic is, is greatest. You can use that for public safety. You could use it to optimize maintenance. You know, you can uh, use uh, the understanding of, of, of foot traffic or, or you know, how, how people move around in public spaces to really more optimal, optimally 
manage traffic and and then provide security for events. So that's you know, the, okay. there there are a number of different different ways that the data can be collected. But uh, what what really distinguished SUFA is this uh, aesthetic approach to just providing a really comfortable uh, place for people to charge their phones. It's in, in in many ways it's analogous to having a little nook where smokers smoke their cigarettes and chat, but. Uh, the idea is to to give people a, a sense of community. Um, any maybe maybe one more example of a company that you really like that you guys have invested in and why? Absolutely. Well, Litmus Automation is a uh, an application enablement platform that's uh, that's been been focused you know, quite a bit on uh, you know, traditional uh, industrial clients. They uh, the the co-founder and CEO Vatsal Shaw. Got Entrepreneur of the Year at McRock Capital's IoT Symposium back in May, and they've been really pushing into uh, Japan and and um, North America with you know with their platform to really to help enable digital transformation for traditional uh, industrial clients. So uh, it's it was a dynamic team with with great. Technology and uh, Momenta got involved both as an investor, but also uh, with some strategic advisory to help them shape their go-to-market strategies. So that that's another one that we, you know we believe is 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 a winner. It's a it's a fairly crowded space, but they've done a great job in distinguishing themselves. How about um, how about blockchain-based companies? You know, it's all the hype, it's all the rage, blockchain, everything. Do you guys invest in those kind of companies? Yes, no, or is it? Just- Depend on the application, and you know what are your thoughts on this? No, it's a great question. I, you know, I would say we look at blockchain-based businesses. There are, uh, you know, not there, there, there aren't a lot yet that we've found that are uh, really focused on industrial IoT. Although I think there's an enormous amount of promise. The part of the challenge I think that we found when 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 we're speaking to people in the Industrial IoT world is that there's while there's a lot of interest in the technology, the, the monetizable use cases are still a few years out. So there's the um, uh, I, I think and, and and personally I think there's enormous potential in you know for instance in uh, you know in energy uh, around the smart grid uh, for uh, managing. Um, uh, micropayments, microtransactions, smart con- smart contracts. Uh, certainly, uh, I- IOTA is a is a is a is a really interesting project. Mm. Uh, there's there's quite the a bit tangled of- web they weave. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> bad joke. Yeah, we we I, I would say we're we're interested. We're not we're not diving deep. I would typically in markets like blockchain, the vision for the technologies is pretty. All-encompassing and and Momenta keeps a say a, a, a fairly focused aperture around companies that have direct relevance to industrial IoT or, or connected industry. But as the we get a bit more clarity, uh, you know, particularly around you know technologies like Ethereum that are being used you know, for micropayments and smart contracts in more industrial setting. For instance, I, I'm really encouraged by the by Test beds like the, uh, the you know the, the smart grid in Brooklyn, where the you know where you have the uh, you know payment and and uh, or essentially exchange of value being 
maintained on on distributed ledger technology that's 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 hugely promising but it's it's super early in the industry and what we found is that uh you know there there is a bit of a i would say a a polarity in terms of the awareness of of companies around these new technologies typically the the people in IT at at large industrial companies will be interested in the technologies and will be exploring it but many many traditional industries uh whether manufacturing or energy they they move slowly and they and part of the reason is not necessarily because they're resistant to change but because uh the stakes are so high particularly if you're say if you're a utility running critical infrastructure uh you have to be in enormously careful about what new technologies that you bring into your your systems because this is not like the traditional internet where you have best efforts uh delivery of messaging critical systems have to work and they can't go down so there's a, a, a bit more of a late adopter uh mindset among some of the some of the traditional industries and i think they'll they'll be ultimately huge beneficiaries of these te- of these technologies as as they mature and and as we get really well baked applications that are that are fully vetted but <laughs> definitely okay. They'll, you know, they'll they'll take their time. Yeah, I would guess just like most VC firms, you get, uh, you know, it's probably a hundred to one of uh, pitches versus funded companies. Where do you see most companies stumble? What are they not understanding when they're doing their pitch? Uh, that do they fail to get funding because the idea is no good, the team's no good? You know, what are the the most important aspects of uh, hoping to get funded by a VC company such as yours? Well, it's really a combination of uh, of factors, of course, there's, there's, there's certainly there's, there's no one, one criterion, and and Momenta is a bit different because Momenta is not purely a financial investor. Momenta it looks for synergies from a company that fit with our other practices. For instance, are there, you know, are there ways that the team can help uh, a business grow their their user base or or, or fill out their market strategy? You know, first of all, we look for we look for good, solid technology with uh, defensible barriers to entry, experienced team with you know at least a lot of promise. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be a a, a track record, but uh, we we also like industries that are not or solutions that are that are not me too solutions. So, in particular, trying to find a uh, a vertical foothold as a uh, essentially, as a as a beachhead in the business, and then and then a firm strategy to uh, to capitalize on on core capabilities in a in a specific vertical are are really key. So, uh, just areas that you know that we look at are uh, smart cities, smarter manufacturing, retail. Not not so much you know for for the end user, but but supply chain, healthcare, and logistics. Uh, one of the areas that we're really interested in right now is the the whole area around uh, predictive and preventive maintenance. So, the you know the companies that you know that demonstrate that they have a uh, at least a, a, a solid grasp of of what of of the market opportunity that you know that needs some help, you know, are certainly those that that have have the most promise. And and we typically will invest in in really C to A rounds, so we don't go really much. Uh, much, much further than that, but we do see uh, at least you know 150 companies for for every every investment that we make. Where, where do you the ones that get close? 
but you don't end up funding. The ones that are really close, they're almost there, but they just don't make the cut. What do you think causes them to be just short of the line? You know, what are maybe maybe some unexpected elements that people just don't know about that aren't pitching VC companies or if they have pitched? You know, what do you guys look for then? And again, where do people fall short? And it's just too bad because they were close. Yeah, it's. I mean, there are a lot of uh, a lot of factors that can that can derail something at the you know at the last minute. I mean, one uh, one challenge is is just you know not not having references that are you know that are that are viable. I mean, if you don't if if a reference doesn't check out or if there's you know there's there's exaggeration on the on the part of a of a company uh, that you know that can that can prove to be really fatal. You don't need to. You know, companies don't necessarily need to oversell themselves because uh, you know investors understand you know where you know where they are in the process. Uh, so that can you know that can certainly at, during the due diligence process you'll you know you'll find bugs or issues in the technology or you know sometimes there can be you know legal or IP issues that pop up in the you know late in the process. So uh, you need to have as as much of those issues nailed down as as possible and 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 certainly having a having good counsel on on your side is is critically important. Okay, very good. What do you see happens to founders of companies that get VC funding? Do they tend to stay with the company? Do they leave? Do they I would think that they go in with an idea that they want to have this this big company and get funding and all that and execute on their ideas, but I'm sure the final outcome for some is happy, for some is not, but very different from what they expected. So maybe you can talk about that a little bit. The journey, well, what right. happens when you once you get funded? Absolutely. It's well. First of all, it depends on who your who your partners are, right? Because expectations change as soon as you have investors. Because all of a sudden, the the fact that you have owners that are that are active, that are that are taking a voice in the business, mean that if you if you don't choose your uh, your partners carefully, you can end up being, you know, being a, serving more masters than you thought initially. So uh, I, you know, I think there's there are an enormous number of founders that have the vision, the capability, the ability to manage their all aspects of the business. But you know, as as a business starts to scale and as you as you take funding, yeah, uh, the more mature founders are able to. Number one, take direction and adapt uh, to compensate for their shortcomings, whether it be in execution or at least on the technology side. Part of the challenges for you know technology-based founders is understanding their own limits. What's an appropriate go-to-market strategy? Uh, how, you know, how do you how do you hire salespeople? How do you manage the sales pipeline? How do you manage customer service? How do you uh, recruit the right people? And ensure that that you can maintain a coherent culture when you get to that 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 twenty five employee mark or twenty five to forty employee mark where uh, where you really need to start delegating. It's um, it can be a real challenge. So it, I think a lot of a lot of investors who are are who are experienced and are you know are able to to cultivate. Uh, younger or less experienced entrepreneurs um, can add tremendous value, but a lot of first-time entrepreneurs who are trying to raise funding are are focused a lot on on the check, and they have you know they they certainly have 
you know, great expectations, but they'll need to they need to also choose their partners very carefully. In a way, it's kind of like getting married because you're you you end up being joined at the hip with with your investors. It's um, it is a it, it it is like dating on on both sides. But listen, when you're you know, when you're hungry and you're you're working out of the garage. You know, a lot of times you you are very willing to take the money that that's uh, that's available, and it it can be pretty uh, it can be a pretty tough process sometimes to to stand out in the crowd. Just because of, I know it's TV, I know it's not real in certain respects, but would you mind commenting on Shark Tank or Dragon's Den <laughs> that kind of stuff? Just because it's just because it's a big cultural phenomenon. You know, like when I know about something. And I see a movie on it or I see a show on it. I go, oh, geez. it's so inaccurate. So I just want to hear your thoughts on it. Valuable, at least about um, at least showing the process of entrepreneurs going through the, you know, the different stages of pitching a business and, and getting feedback. Of course, those those shows are really dramatized and they it's, it's meant to be entertainment. But but I think the, there's a there's a positive cultural phenomenon in that the uh that the cachet around entrepreneurship or you know being in a startup is almost socially what playing in a band was 20 years ago i mean i think it the the fact that it the the lure of being on tv the um the the you know the attraction of of building something big and and you know, becoming a a star at what you do is self realization, uh, and then having this narrative of of being able to pass through a gauntlet of, of very very tough judges. Uh, it's it's almost like playing sport or you know getting really good at at singing and 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 going on Star Search uh, or America's Got Talent. Yeah, sure, it's that's that's not necessarily how things work out in in the, in the real world, but uh, but I think it's positive at least. You know, for millennials, where we've actually seen the uh, the rate of of new business formation uh, take a dip from previous decades, we're 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 actually seeing a decline. So there's a bit of a disconnect. Um, I think, you know, personally, I, I'm a big believer in the you know the uh, the importance of entrepreneurship in our society to you know really help recast an. an uh, an economy that's being completely redefined by digital technologies, and you know, and and, and so many we have so many disruptions ahead. That and, and of course, there's there's far less job security in you know in large corporations. The way people work is different. The you know the value of uh, adopting an entrepreneurial mindset, I think, is uh, is absolutely essential for you know for. Uh, as a 21st century skill set, so I, you know, I, I'm certainly, you know, a, a little bit, uh, you know, skeptical of of the, you know, the actual applicability, real, you know, real applicability of some of the, of, you know, some of the drama that you see on the shows. But I, I think the, uh, the, the allure, the, you know, the attraction, and the um, and the idea of creating your own personal narrative of overcoming adversity is is just tremendous, tremendously valuable. Yeah, well, uh, last question or so. What insights do you get from seeing all these pitches and all these companies and initiatives that you think other people don't get or see? Because you know you you have this this view of I'm sure hundreds and hundreds of pitches. So what do you see in the aggregate that you think is interesting or that uh, is hidden from the view for most people? 
Well, it's, um, it is a unique view to be able to see, you know, pitch everything from somebody in a garage to, you know, to companies that really, really have their act together. I think what, you know, what a, a lot of what a, a great pitch boils down to and, and then watching companies that have that start up and and are and are able to scale is that they're they're able to distill you know their message and their mission into a very very simple uh, tagline or, ta- or or phrase. I, I I think there are these inherent human qualities that are difficult to measure: charisma, personal charisma, or even just chemistry with people when you're when you're in a room and you meet people for the first time. Um, those are hard to translate, hard to replicate, and and it's not really a process, but you do start to, when you do hear a, a lot of pitches, you'll you'll see a lot of patterns. There'll be the you know the technology entrepreneur who has no idea how to do marketing. You'll you'll have the you know the very skilled operators who have you know very little clue of how the financial markets work or how investors' minds work. Um, you'll have the inspired entrepreneur who uh, who who is able to create a uh, a lot of buzz around a great team. But yet they are, you know, their 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 ability to to craft, you know, an execution is is lacking. So you do there are there are certain patterns that you see. Um, I think what what's really key and and what you know so encouraging though is is that you know, you see the application of of new technologies like you know cloud computing and and open source just accelerating the pace of innovation and lowering the barriers of, of adoption to being able to, to to prototype a you know a product. I mean now most most investors don't really want to fund early stage development. It's like if you have a great idea, you just we see less and less of that of you know somebody trying to pitch a really just an idea that needs to be funded. Um, although there's some of that, although seed some seed stage investment is is based you know purely on on relationship, but you're seeing a you know a, a much more rapid uh, cycle for ideation, iteration, and then going to market with a proof of concept, and then being able to come to investors with a few customers that they you know that they legitimately have, and and then be successful in getting funding. So um, you know as connected industry growth partners, as the, what Momenta looks at, you know we see uh, enormous opportunity. Across industries that are, yeah, frankly, not really considered as sexy. I mean, agriculture has, has certainly had you know quite a bit of funding, but you think about manufacturing and logistics and shipping and transportation and, and uh, energy, you know, oil and gas, you know, utilities. I mean, those are slow-moving markets. Dealing with cities is, you know, can be a very you know frustrating business with long sales cycle. So it does take a long time. For companies to to grow compared to consumer businesses, you know where you might get a parabolic lift in in the in the growth rate. But we, you know, we're constantly encouraged by the the vision and the the, the willingness of entrepreneurs to you know stake their entire their their entire life around solving big problems that are that are yet that require a lot of hard work and. Not as much magic, but a little bit of luck. Oh, well, very good. So how can interested parties uh, contact Momenta and start a dialogue with you guys? Well, our, the website is momenta.partners, and we have uh, 
newsletter and and blog posts. So if you visit the site, you know, feel free to download. We um, have actually published a, uh, a bit of a manifesto on the industrial Internet of Things in the uh, in, in Berenberg's Bank magazine, and, and that's uh, that report is available on the site. So feel free to visit us, and, and we're always interested in hearing pitches from aspiring entrepreneurs. Okay, great, Ed. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Great. Thanks a lot. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.